1: Welcome to the Explaining History podcast. And um, the thing that I'm going to talk about today um, is the origins of the Korean War, and particularly the uh, origins of the war um, between 1945 and, obviously, 1950, when it begins. Now, prior to Vietnam, um, the war is uh, the first experience for America and America's allies uh, in the United Nations of this inconclusive military stalemate um, and it is the, the first kind of post-war um, deadlock that, that emerges as the first, the first kind of major hot war of the, the Cold War. Mao, who had fought the Korean War, uh, didn't see it in search lines. Uh, Mao believed that China's contribution to the Korean War had been um, the first evidence of uh, a communist army defeating a Western capitalist force. Uh, Mao looked upon the uh, People's Liberation Army as having been victorious in the Korean War. Now obviously, This does not sit well with a Western historiographical view of the Korean War, but there is um, some merit to what the Chinese believed, Um, and the fact that China in 1950, just a year after the ending of the chaos of the uh, Chinese Civil War, was able to put in such a powerful show, um, albeit with enormous amounts of backing and help from Stalin, um, was um, enough to give Mao a very inflated view of China's uh, capabilities, and it was this inflated view of China's capabilities that gave Mao um, immense carte blanche um, back home in uh, you know and domestic politics in China. Um, after 1953 um, to uh, bring in some of his most um, radical and disastrous policies um, the uh, 100 Flowers Campaign and later the Great Leap Forward uh, both um, uh, propaganda surrounding both uh, the victory over the Americans as Mao sees it um, are, are both kind of instrumental in being able to uh, browbeat the, uh, the party and other independent areas of um, power and expertise within China, which most of which is utterly destroyed by 1962. It also, um, the victory uh, that Mao perceived in the Korean War also enabled him to have all sorts of um, Delusions, if you will, of uh, power and importance. Uh, when it came to the Soviets, you know, Stalin dies in 1953, and uh, by extension, uh, Mao believed that the uh, the kind of the crown of uh, world communist leadership uh, would pass to him. After all, he believed he had pulled off this miraculous feat of uh, a victory over America and mao believed also that something was something kind of sclerotic was happening with the ussr that the ussr um had kind of given up on the struggle against capitalism and was looking for a kind of a rather weak accommodation uh, with capitalist forces um a, a post stalinist uh, detente which you know is is to some extent evident throughout the 1950s under khrushchev um, and the in, in many ways, um, the Cuban Missile Crisis of 1962 is almost kind of like an aberration of Khrushchev's uh, previous attempts at kind of a, a normalisation and peaceful coexistence. So the Korean War uh, for, for Mao has significant repercussions, and particularly Mao's sense that he has been a victorious war leader. But as far as causes of the Korean War goes, well, in 1945, um, Kim Il-sung, who had been uh, both a follower of Mao, um, had been part of the People's Liberation Army, Uh, many thousands of Koreans crossed the border to join the PLA um, in the 1930s and had been Mao's um, uh, stronghold at Yan'an um, after the Long March and during the Second World War, um, Kim Il-sung had also been in the Red Army and had risen to the rank of Major. Well, when the uh, Soviets march into Korea in 1945, he is installed as their puppet dictator, and his uh, desire to reunify the peninsula, to seize the south, uh, which was being run by an American-backed um, autocratic leader, a corrupt and um, undemocratic figure, Singman Rhee. is quite problematic for Stalin to try to contain. Um, Kim Il Sung knows for well that he owes everything to Stalin, and Stalin is his um, master. He is is a it's a, an, a client state. Uh, equivalent to anything in Eastern Europe. The Soviets in general have no appetite for war in Korea Um, following the partition of Korea at the 30th parallel um, at the Potsdam Conference in 1945. The uh, Soviets think that there is, uh, while the the Americans have an atomic bomb and Russia doesn't, there is really uh, little point in trying to put feelers out to see how uh, reactive the americans will be or how far uh, us uh, power in asia can be pushed back the period 1945 to 49 at any rate is one of uh, it's one that's focused mainly on events in europe the uh, development of uh, satellite states in europe in countries like Poland, East Germany, in Czechoslovakia, Romania, Hungary, Bulgaria, and others, um, occupies much of Stalin's time, along with the emerging problem of Tito in Yugoslavia. And the question of how to force the West out of Berlin also occupies his thoughts. And when stalemate establishes itself following the successful Berlin airlift in 1948 49, the, um, the focus of Stalin, uh, Stalin turns eastwards. Because by 1948, Mao's uh, civil war with the Chinese nationalist Chiang Kai-shek is looking rather promising. Stalin had been a very inconsistent backer of Mao during the uh, 1930s and during the Second World War. Stalin, at many points, appears to have rather preferred the possibility of a, a strong and uh, non-communist, nationalist China. Uh, the reason for this is, firstly, uh, Stalin almost felt that with somebody like Chiang Kai-shek, even though that he probably despised him, at least you kind of know where you are. Um, the There was little threat to the Soviet Union from Chiang Kai-shek and having a uh, China that was not likely to split asunder was more useful than having a China that was possibly facing um, anarchy under Mao. Also the question Stalin had to ask himself was did he want um, a, a rival Asian communist figure who would govern one quarter of humanity um, who would perhaps even eclipse Stalin's importance and one who had a radically different interpretation as to what communism was all about. When um, Stalin looked at Maoism he did so through the filter of his own ideological prejudices and Maoism emphasised the importance of the peasants. Um, Stalin and Lenin before him had believed that the peasants had no revolutionary potential. The sooner that they were uh, forced into towns and cities and became proletarianised, so much the better. And that peasants were, in any case, quite a reactionary class who were interested in land and private land ownership and would invariably uh, do something stupid uh, like support a kind of a restored uh, monarchy or um, right-wing capitalist autocracy of, of some description. Um, Stalin's destruction of the uh, Kulaks during the early 1930s and the dekulakization campaigns um, give as abundant evidence of what he really thought uh, about the um, agrarian toiling classes of the world. So a lot of Maoism appears to be kind of voodoo doctrines as far as, Stalin is concerned. By 1950, things had started to change. So the fate of the Korean Peninsula was kind of decided that year. As we know, Stalin had been aiding China's communists. And in January 1950, America decided that um, South Korea was no longer part of its defense perimeter, and that it would be Okay, to scale back troops and military involvement uh, in South Korea. And at this point, Stalin begins to change his mind. Firstly, Stalin Um, the potential of Maoist China and that um, China having gone communist would be uh, an incredible vehicle for exporting a revolution around the world and the decision by the Americans to scale back their forces in Korea um, presented uh, both Stalin and Mao with a, a perfect opportunity and it also became harder to justify Um, the uh, refusal to authorise Kim Il-sung's planned war. Change began at the end of 1949. Um, The American decision to um, abandon the Chinese nationalists to their own fate during the Chinese Civil War had given Stalin a a clue that America was perhaps um, not as interested in Asia as Europe, and Mao calculated that the Americans, A, if they landed in Korea, wouldn't invade China, and that, B, there would be no appetite for a prolonged war in Asia. Um, These are obviously the calculations that Ho Chi Minh makes a decade or so later. The decision by the Americans to... um, uh, start to scale down their troops in Korea um, comes alongside with uh, Kim making trips to Moscow um, pestering Stalin really to to help him Stalin said that um, ok, provisionally you can do this but don't get bogged down in a major war he said to uh, Kim if you should get kicked in the teeth I shall not lift a finger. You have to ask Mao for all the help. And as a result, Kim went to see Mao, but Kim was still reliant, Mao was still reliant on Stalin's say-so and Stalin's um, providing of the arms with which to do it. Um, the, Mao was very keen for support with his own pet project, which was the invasion of Taiwan and that um, that help, again, had to come from Moscow. uh, It became very difficult, whilst considering um, helping Mao to seize Taiwan, to um, then deny him the opportunity to take um, South Korea. Now, if you look at this big strategic picture in 1950, it's actually quite extraordinary, the idea that um, Stalin was able to have such room for manoeuvre in Asia. Also, at the same time, he was getting ready to recognise Ho Chi Minh. And there was there were very few periods of time quite like this during the Cold War, where um, so much appeared to be up for grabs and the advance of communism appeared to be so rapid. Much of the Cold War are periods of relative, uh, you know, if and uh, unpalatable stability. If you look at the period um, up to, from the mid-1950s, up to the building of the Berlin Wall, it is a period whereby um, the new rules of the Cold War um, become stable, solid and fixed, And much to the relief of generals on both sides, the Soviet and American generals and NATO generals thought the building of the Berlin Wall was probably the best thing all round, and it meant uh, war and conflict actually became much less likely, which indeed it did. The um, pace of military deliveries to North Korea from the Soviet Union um, shut up by the summer of one thousand, nine hundred and fifty. And the USA in the meantime, uh, looking at the rather hawkish nature of Syngman Wen-ri and his own particularly blood-curdling anti-communist rhetoric, actually removed um, tanks, anti-tank weapons and artillery uh, from the South Korean army, um, leading to an absolute rout within the matter of a couple of weeks. Interestingly, in Washington, Harry Truman starts to use the language of appeasement. Well, he starts to reference appeasement for the kind of catastrophe that it was in the 1930s. And I think it's pretty evident that he uh, was alarmed about the prospect of himself being uh, lined up for a Chamberlain role um, if he was seen as being uh, soft on communism or unlikely to fight back uh, appeasement might be the accusation that was forced upon them. Of course, before 1939, appeasement wasn't seen as a particularly bad term. You know, it is a, the the appeasement um, um, or in, in a situation the creation of peace. Um, where how effective that is, obviously, is a matter for debate. Stalin um, kept out of Korea. He believed that the Americans would probably do the same. Um, when there is a UN task force, Stalin doesn't use the um, veto on the Security Council that the Soviets have. Instead, he allows the uh, the task force to go ahead. Um, he thought that they perhaps wouldn't be a match for the Chinese, who could pour in vast numbers of uh, soldiers and manpower uh, against the United Nations force. But what America does have in uh, large quantities is the funds to fight the war. And the US Congress votes through a war chest of $12 billion. Um, And this meant that countries that had previously uh, suffered from near bankruptcy, such as Britain and France, um, and 13 other countries from around the world, were able to participate MacArthur, the um egomaniacal um American Supreme Commander, who I've talked about uh, in fairly disparaging terms previously. Um, you can look out the look up the previous MacArthur podcasts, um, forced by October the uh North Koreans back to the thirty-eighth parallel, but then took it upon himself to march all the way to the Chinese border to the the Yalu River which separates uh, North Korea from China. Um, the advice that Truman and H had uh, Dean Aitchison had given um, MacArthur indeed the instructions was not to do this knowing that it would be the perfect justification that the Chinese would have for becoming involved uh, having a large um, foreign force on your bol- on your borders uh, led by um, a radical anti-communist. Um, was a security threat that Mao was unwilling to tolerate, even though Mao had more than planned to become engaged in the war anyway. At Stalin's insistence, um, Mao uh, commits uh, troops to North Korea, and the impression that Mao attempts to give with not any great deal of convincingness is that these are volunteers, these are people whose blood is sufficiently stirred by um, socialist ideals and uh, Maoist comradeship, that they want to pick a nearest rifle and cross the border to go and help the North Koreans. Whereas the reality, of course, this isn't true. These are Czech People's Liberation Army uh, divisions. Mao's gamble is that America wouldn't invade the uh, People's Republic of China um, for fear of initiating World War III but the reality is that MacArthur was more than uh, giving it some thought, he was um, quite keen to drop an atomic bomb on Beijing and believed that World War, MacArthur believed essentially that World War III had begun and it was quick, uh, America must quickly finish it in the interests of um, liberal democracy, free market capitalism and Christianity. When the fighting began when the Chinese uh, People's Liberation Army as volunteer divisions do join the war uh, Xuan Enlai and uh, Lin Biao are sent to, in 1950 uh, in October 1950, I beg your pardon are sent to see Stalin on the Black Sea um, his dasher there um, to extract concessions from him uh, kind of a quid pro quo um, Stalin says that he would Uh, arm the uh, Chinese uh, with ammunition and tanks, Um, but there would be no question of providing the all-important ingredient that would decide matters which was air power, which China has very little and Stalin had a significant amount. Uh, But Mao uh, was adamant that the Chinese would fight anyway. He said with or without air cover from the Soviet Union, we go in. And the people around Mao, Zhu Enlai, uh, Liu Xiaoqi, um, were all extremely anxious that this would involve um, the detonation of a nuclear weapon over Beijing in the long run. And um, it's only really, as we shall later see, the intervention of Truman uh, that prevents MacArthur from carrying out this act. Anyway, those are the kind of the early moves in the um, Korean War and some of the factors that lead to the Korean War. Um, I hope you find this podcast useful. If you do, quickly go over to our iTunes page, give us a vote, preferably a five-star one, um, and um, say a few nice things. It always helps. I hope you're um, finding this useful in general and the rest of these podcasts, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. All the best. Bye-bye.